five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it news? Hello, and a very warm welcome to episode 0418 of Five in the Eye, Colourful Radio's weekly news review show. In London, this is Phil Woodford. And joining Phil via Zoom this week, it's me, Michael O'Hajura, revealing that our top story this week is going to be one that you may not have heard of. It's the strike between the Hindus, Christians, in the North eastern Indian state of Manipur, which has already led to at least a hundred deaths. We ask, what does it take for something to become new? Five in the eye. And for story number two, we return to the Tory party, which seems to be in even further disarray over the past week. A right-wing faction calling themselves the New Conservatives seems to be creating a headache for Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. And what's story number three this week? Well, a swanky Knightsbridge store is selling ice creams in a variety of usual flavours. Did I say that correctly? Let me be unusual flavours. Soy sauce or Branston pickle. Mmm. Anyone for that? For our fourth story, the Orkney Islands are considering abandoning the UK to become part of Norway. And finally, to wrap up the show, number five, it's the girl in America who was so obsessed with vampires, she turned up to her school prom in a coffin. Now that's just bats. And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We're going to kick off the show this week with perhaps one of the most complex and intriguing and worrying stories we've ever covered. It's Manipur. And I'm sure many of you have never heard of Manipur. It's in uh, northeastern India, far east northern India, and hundreds of people have been killed there. Thousands have been injured, and over 60, 60,000, maybe 100,000 people have, have been are, are looking for new homes now. It's extraordinary what's going on here, but we don't know about this. We don't know about it. And I, I, I was shocked to hear this story, and I, I tried to understand it, and it's complex. It's not just about the 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 um, mai tais versus the cookies. It's not. There's not. It's not just fifty three percent of the, the of of Manipur versus forty three percent. It's not just Hindus versus Christians. And all of those have a play. There's even some drug dealers in terms of the drug dealers. It's not just about the the mai tais who are valley people living on a small part of the land. As I say, fifty percent of the population versus the the cuckoos who are the, the majority of uh, not, are not much fifty three percent or so. They live on the highland, and who owns the land in the country? And it's it's just on the one hand, I can say it's a mess, but now that, 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 that I'm being flippant there. This is dreadful. Law and order is broken down. The government has no control over there. People are arming themselves to protect themselves. But Phil. This is not on the news. I I only found about this by listening to one of this a random podcast, and it just seems for well, in a week when almost every day that that um, those millionaires and billionaires who went down to have a look at the Titanic and sadly lost their lives, they were they were there was a news story every day. It was just okay. Total respect for their family and some sadness for them. But and then when you layer on the the seven hundred refugees who died in, in in the Mediterranean, you know it made me think, what is news? Yeah, 
What is news, Phil? You know, we, we used to say, you glibly, you said this many times, Phil. If it bleeds, it leads. But come on, Phil, these things are yeah. not beyond I mean, bleeding. you know, I, 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 I think, I mean, I remember, and I probably said this before, five in the eye, but years ago, I, I, you know, when I was young, I, I spoke to a, a hard-bitten tabloid journalist uh, who'd, who'd kind of was, you know, a chain smoker on the, on the old Fleet Street typewriters back in the day, Michael. And she said to me that her news was about uh, sex, conflict and death. And the best stories had all three. And that was the cynical view of a tabloid. Uh, so of a so tabloid you say her. there's a kind of a tick box. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then bang, that's it. We've got it now. That you lead. It's not, it's not bleed, it leads, it's sex, it leads, it's religion. It's, but when you think about it, though, you know, um, we don't treat all death equally, do we? We we, we know that. And you, you're absolutely right to highlight the double standards between the migrants in the Channel and the, uh, the billionaires on the Titanic. Why was the Titanic thing so newsworthy? Because it was the Titanic, because it was billionaires, because a clock was ticking, they were in jeopardy and so on. Now, as a journalist... You would recognize that as being an incredible news story. But is it morally and ethically right that um, it dominates over the news of so many people perishing off the coast of Greece? Of course, it's not morally right. Um, the, the, the trouble is news exists in a in a moral vacuum. I mean, I, I did want to correct you on one thing, though, Michael, because, you know, I, I, I'm quite honest. The uh, going to say that I didn't know about the situation in Manipur until you raised it with me, but you know when I've gone looking for it, it is there. I mean, I've I'm, I've I, I was reading uh, I was reading an article in the Independent about it, um, which has been written in the last couple of days. So it's not like there is no coverage of this. No, no, no. no you're right. It, it, it is there, but it's on page seventeen at the bottom. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not on the front page. These are hundreds of people in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people. This is a government failing. This is a, a nation's not looking, not not looking after its own. At the same time, you got Modi in 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 um, America, you shaking hands and big hugs to a. Uh, and that to, was to, bigger news, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Was Come on, Phil. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't buy that. I'm sorry, Phil. It was in the news, but it was on the. It was on page seventy-two. If you can find it. Yeah, but you know. I could I could challenge you again, Michael, and say, look, you know, there's actually been a terrible heat wave in India recently, and dozens and dozens of people have been dying as the result of climate change uh, from climate change and extreme temperatures in parts of India. That's had very little coverage. You don't hear people talking about that over here either. I accept that. I accept that, Phil. But then you have to say. This is this is something that the government can do something about. There's something that human beings, we as human beings, or, or the government in India, can get it sorted. It's part of your country. You know what, what defines a nation? Well, you can you can rule by force. You can put your your laws in place by force across the nation. Clearly, something has gone wrong in Manipur. They can't put their laws in place. The people in Manipur have said we've got to look after ourselves. I mean, I, if you that's look, exceptional. If if you look at a map, that uh, Manipur is not only politically detached from mainstream India; it's it's very geographically detached. It's sandwiched between no, no, no. and and so, and, and so what? So what? What does that mean, Phil? What does that mean? What what it means is that um, quite possibly that 
you know, it's very easy for people in New Delhi to kind of uh, treat this uh, part of India as some kind of very distant area that no one ever, even within the Indian context, probably you know considers i mean it's it's india is a massive country 1.4 billion people so even within the context of india this would probably be the case that people aren't talking about manipur phil welcome to government welcome to being a country welcome to creating a nation that's what governments do they bring people together we're going to be talking about that at the end when we talk about orkney wanting to go off to norway phil government keep the country together, they create the country, they, they maintain it. And what's happening here is something that, you know, the country... But, but why, would you, expect, why would you expect someone like Modi to do that? Mo- Modi is a populist, he's a Hindu nationalist. Uh, his interests, are, you know, he's he's not interested in, in the things you're interested in, Michael. I mean, I, I, I do, I, do I, I accept to the moral and ethical level what you're saying, but the politics of this are quite obvious, aren't they? Modi doesn't care. Uh, in, in the same way that lots of populist leaders don't care about certain parts of their country. You could even look to the UK and say, how much does someone like Boris Johnson care about what really happens in the in, in the Red Wall, you know? No, Phil, I care because I'm a human being. When I see disarray, dysfunction, unhappiness, sadness and death, I want something to be done. I want something to, I, you know, I want my government to do something. You know, to, to okay, Phil. What has the British government done? I can I can find anything what they've done. You know, they could even put some va- even some vacuous statements. You know, the uh, what am I saying here, Phil? We need to do something. We can't just let these people die. We can't let the disorder because you know it's it's on it's on you know it's on the edge of it's on the verge of. It's, we we we've had discussions before where I've said. You know, why didn't we intervene in Syria where half a million people died? And you've said, oh, you know, forget about Syria. I mean, you know, let, let, let's be honest. We've had these discussions on Five in the Eye, haven't we? You know we have. No, 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 Phil, we have. We have. But look, Phil, this is the difference between you and I. I'm compassionate. I care. I, you know, I'm, I'm emotional about these things. I, I, I'm a humanist. I want people to have the best lives they can. But you're going you're gonna to say to me, well, we're doing our best. The government's got their government has to sort them out. Let's move on. Uh-uh. No, not for me. Five in the eye. Story number two this week is about um Rishi Sunak and uh the new conservatives. Um, because um, this is a kind of rebel faction, if you like, that has um set itself up. And some of the the leaders are uh, an MP called Miriam Cates, who represents Penistone and Stockbridge, and the Devizes MP, Danny Kruger. A lot of the MPs involved in this are are part of the 2019 intake. And um, they've effectively challenged Rishi Sunak on a core issue, which is about... um, the, uh, the, the the stopping the boats and immigration. You know that Sunak has this um, as one of his five pledges. We're going to stop the boats, and um, uh, but of course, you know, nothing the government does really makes any any difference to the desperate situation that migrants are in. All they do is try to battle on with their policy on Rwanda, uh, which has been uh, blocked in the courts. Now, 
the the this this these new conservatives have come up with a 10 point policy plan and i mean some of the stuff is absolutely balmy uh, for instance closing the schemes that grant work visa eligibility for care workers you know we know our care system is on its knees and people cannot get the social care they need and these right wing tories are saying we should stop even the people that are currently coming to do the jobs from doing it. I mean, uh, Rishi Sunak's got to face these people down, surely, Michael. Phil, no, I'm sorry, Phil. They're they're just a symptom of how the Tory party coalition is just falling apart and falling apart. Now, governments in this country and their two-party system are always inevitably their coalitions. They don't call them coalitions, but they're compromises. People to get together... And I will work together because we're almost in agreement. Almost. What we're seeing after the Tory party in after 13 years, that almost is intending, is tending to, we're not. We're not. We want to redefine uh, the party strategy, like in their name, new conservatives, implying there's some old conservatives out there. And they're looking for some new. And for me, this is this is just part of how. The the the, the two party system is failing. This, these new conservatives should be another party. Call them reform. Call them the Brexit party. Call them, you know, oh. we hate you. We're racist. You know, whatever. But they're not. They're not. They're not well, I, 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 I hate to agree with you. What you would describe as being Michael in screaming agreement. I, <laughs> I, I, I fear that I fear that I am here because you're you're absolutely right. The two party system means that actually the major parties have to contain within them factions that really have nothing in common whatsoever. I mean, look at the Labour Party, which was taken over by Jeremy Corbyn's momentum faction. I mean, those people have nothing whatsoever to do with the mainstream Labour movement, people like Keir Starmer and so on. But they they have to kind of exist if we had a proper proportional representation system then you could go out and vote for whatever party you wanted and these these weird splinter groups could stand on their own couldn't they bill oh god this is a screaming agreement session bring up this is where you know keir storm has got an opportunity now to to make a historic change after 13 years of coalition failure or you know, epitomized by these new concept, the nonsense of new conservatives. We're your, we're your, we're the, we're the, the deputy, not president, the um, the chairman of the the, the the conservative party is is writing in real time the manifesto for the next party. And it, hang on a sec, that's not your job. Mm. You're out there fundraising. And for the party, no, he's he's he's, he's defining this, this policy. Is, this is your mate, thirty P. Lee Anderson. <laughs> just oh, nonsense, yeah. absolutely nonsense. So enough of that. Let let let, let Keir Starmer can get real. Let's have enough of this this oh god party politics. That's what it is. Let's have some, some proper government to a coalition. Let let, let no, 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 let me not coalition. Let's have a proper. System of electing our uh, of 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 electing our uh, members of parliament, not this first past the poster system, you know proportional representation. So everyone every vote counts. 
Everyone matters. And the, and then, and then we, can have an, we can have an election, like in a lot of countries, where there'd be many more parties. They'd all stand a chance. They might not get very much of the vote. Um, but then, of course, they would have to form coalitions between themselves if they wanted to govern. And that's the way that a lot of, lots of countries operate. So, Michael, do you think that, you know, that the Tories are pulling themselves apart even week by week, aren't they? I mean, Sunak is just too pathetic a figure isn't he to face these people down and to come out on top i mean you almost wonder is he even gonna is he even gonna survive till the next election soon act with him oh, no. I, I think it'd be a bit dramatic he's gonna survive the Tories are not, not gonna get rid of him but i'm sorry and i've said this before he's the head boy he's the head boy talking to assembly trying to rally the, the rally the uh the assembly to be behind him He's he's well meaning. He's got intention, but he's in the wrong job. He's a manager. He's part, you know, Goldman Sachs. It's all about strategies, policies to deliver, and everyone's delivering the strategy. Not about politics. Politics as emotion, as ideas in people's head. It's different. And he's and I'm sorry, he's not there. And then Phil, his five pledges. I was minded of. Um, what was his name? David Miliband, not David. Um, Ed David Miliband. Miliband. Ed Miliband. Ed, Ed Miliband and written in stone. Oh, his Ed Stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just mm. come on, Rishi. Five pledges, which were totally meaningless to anybody. I mean, but he can't even meet them. I mean, like, having <laughs> the inflation, just, he's, hard, he's hardly on the road to that. It's just, it's just, it's just political nonsense, and he's reduced to talking to his own people. In fact, to his own party. But you know, you know, in terms of coming back to my onions, you know, you know, I know my onions. Michael's so obsessed you know. with, on, uh, with <laughs> onions. For regular <laughs> listeners, will know this: the price of Michael's onions. No, oh, come on, man! The fact that he's still, he's still, you know, what, what what does bringing down inflation, what does bringing down the government debt mean to my price of onions? Mm. You know, come on, make it real, and it doesn't connect. He's talking to a, you know, his, the, the you know, is a, a board. Um, one of his board members, or his board, one of his boards of uh, of uh, Goldman Sachs, when he sit down, he strategize a high level. You know, I'm sorry, he and the Tory party have lost touch. After 13, 13 years, they should quietly go away and let somebody else take control. The problem is <sighs> that someone else, what are they going to do? What are the, the mess that they've left behind? in the eye. The story number three, this story, is a, is a brilliant story. It's about um, ice cream. It's about tomato ketchup. It's about Branston pickle. It's about ambrosia <laughs> custard. It's about all these things. It's taking a brand, but not just a brand, but taking its taste and putting that taste in ice cream. This is pure, pure marketing. And the lady who's done it, let me, let me, I've got to check her name, Anya, Anya Hidmarsh. She's opened this shop and they're queuing around the block to get this Tate and Lyle ice cream, this Branston pickle ice cream. She, it, it's the ultimate taste. You can buy taste. Now, you've got no taste, Phil, we know that. <laughs> but you can get down to her store, you can join the queue at her store. To buy taste. Are you, are you saying that Branston pickle ice cream is like the pinnacle of taste? Because I have to admit, I like Branston pickle oh, and I quite disgusting. like ice cream. So oh, the two oh, ideas have come. I also like Marmite, of course. Oh, and oh, like Marmite, oh, a Marmite ice cream 
does have quite a lot of appeal to me. I like sweet and savoury no, things. No, I, I, I feel that there you are, a global elite buying tastes. <laughs> you can buy taste. I'm not going to... Let, let me tell you why I'm saying that, Phil. This, the, the, Anya, deep respect to her. She's created brand and brand identity for all these brands. So you can buy bags, you can buy keychains with your brand on. So not only can you buy the, the taste, but you can buy the... You can buy the Branston pickle bag for a mere eleven hundred pounds. <laughs> you know, so she's exploiting, and I just total respect the, the idea of brand identity, brand awareness, brand association. You can you can not only taste the brand, you can wear that brand. So that that you know, total respect to her for doing it, Phil. And so I, you know, are you going to buy the eleven hundred pound Branston pickle bag? I, I think the bag might be a little bit beyond me. Oh, you've got so you've got no faith in the brand. Much, oh, I'm sorry. How much do the ice creams retail? How much do the ice creams retail for, Michael? Well, that, that's a great question, that Phil. I could not find that out. Mm. I looked long and hard. I mean, if, if, if I found the ice creams cost thirty quid or something, then I would be starting. Well, well, to I'm tempted to. People, they say people are queuing around the block, and they advise you to queue up, get up there before the, the closing time. So it must this be is night, This is Knightsbridge, Michael, isn't it? I know so that, that you get this a is accessible. There. But this is the same Knightsbridge where where a glass of wine can be ten pounds. Mm. You know where I come from, you can buy a couple of bottles for that. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got no idea. I, I did try to find out uh, how much it's going. I'm sure they're not cheap. But you're not just, you're not buying. This money's not the issue here, Bill. Bill, <laughs> Phil, you're buying taste. Well, and I'm going to say, if any, if, any of our listeners, if any of our listeners have sampled these ice creams, please let us know what they're like. Or if you've got any suggestions for flavours you would like to see added no, at this swanky no, night. No, 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 Phil, pointless. She's know. got them all. She's got Heinz beans in there, would you believe? Oh, I love Come a baked on, man. Love a she's baked got bean. Heinz baked beans, Tate and Lyle syrup. She's just, she's hoovered up brands. Mm. You can taste them all. So no, Phil, total respect for Anya. You know, I wish I had here uh, ideas and momentum to create such uh, a vehicle that you can make taste, taste. Five in the eye. Our fourth story this week is about the Orkney Islands, um, which um, are, of course, uh, quite a long way off the coast of Scotland uh, in the middle of the ocean. Uh, they are part of uh, Scotland, but they don't feel as if they should be part of the UK any longer and um the council leader james stockham said that the islands have been held down uh, and he accused both the scottish government in edinburgh and the the uk government in westminster of discrimination and so a, a vote went through 15 votes to six on the council which said that the the uh, officers have asked to publish a report to the chief executive on options for governance which could include looking at the Nordic connections of this archipelago, uh, which would mean possibly becoming part of Norway, or maybe looking for another status, which is of what what's called a crown dependency. So something like Jersey or Guernsey or one of those weird tax havens. Um, Michael, is this all a stunt, do you think? I mean, the, the good people of Orkney would never really leave us, would they? Yes. No question. Come on, would you want to be part? Look where they are now. They're out there in the middle of the North Sea, way out there. You know, you could have done Manipur in, 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 in England. And 
But what are they getting? Look, look at what's happening in the, Scot- the, the Scottish Parliament. Look at look, how many the English Parliament. Come on, they're going to say, enough of it. Enough of you guys. You're not delivering for us. So no, I'm totally with them. You know, if you can go your own way, the challenge is there's no way you want them. <laughs> we want them, you know. What did he bring to the party for Norway? It's I know a bit one like thing, us. One, one, like thing's us. For, one thing's for sure, Michael. There's Norway back for them if they did make that decision. Um, but I, I, I think. I got a sec, Phil. For, for, excuse me. We have a can we have a few minutes silence for that joke. <laughs> Norway back. Oh dear, yeah. I've got some good Norwegian friends, and and I'm. Can I apologise to them? No reason, friends, for that joke. I'm sorry for that. This might make things a bit. Going back to I'm going back to Norway later in the year, so I better I better not make too many Norwegian jokes. Thank you. Um, They're lovely people. They are. uh, But uh, what an interesting thing to note is, I mean, the Orkneys are actually they're 300 miles from Edinburgh. I they're they're very very remote, even from regular Scottish government, let alone from London. Uh, and so you can sort of see why they feel they've been left out on a limb um, and Norway might seem attractive. But we can't have this. We can't have Orksit, can we? Uh, the Orkneys uh, exiting. Uh, we, no, we... no, I'm going to say, Phil, you, you sound like one of these new conservative people. I'm going to I'm going to be new Labour. If Orkney wants to be free, then we should let them be what they want to be. No, no, Phil, this is, this is complex and messy. Complex in the sense that, you know, it, it, who wants to who, who who wants to free themselves and why? Let's get to the bottom of this. It's about disaffected. We've we've let them go. The the, the Scottish Party, let the SL, SLP, SNP, not SL. That's a different a long story there. But we've let them go, so we need to put something back in there. But equally, Phil, we're losing. You know, most of our coastal towns, the Margates, the Folkestones, the Brightons, we're not in the Clactons. Don't the tell Clactons. me, you're, you're, you're leading the campaign for Folkestone to become part of France, are you, Michael, now? <laughs> they could do worse. They could do worse. But no, Phil, in the sense that the, the government has lost touch. It's looked into itself, and we need to reconnect with these people, deliver something, give them some added value. You know, make it, you know, why are we a nation? Because we do X. What is X? You know, and, and that X is missing in, a, you know, the X factor is missing in a lot of our coastal towns. And Orkney, being another 300 miles out there, has got a further problem. But, you know, having said that, having been to the um, the Hebrides myself, brilliant people, brilliant place, honestly. We need to keep them. I'm, I personally would fight to keep them because as, it's all part of the complexity what makes British being British and these British Isles. So I'd fight to keep them. So definitely. But at the end of the day, it's their decision. It's a value-added decision. What do they get out of it with being part of Scotland or, or part of Britain, Great Britain? Five in the eye. Our final story this week, Phil. Uh, Phil and it's one you didn't want to do. It's about the um, the prom attendee. Can I attend? Attendee. It's gender neutral, because we're, we're gender neutral here on Five in the Eye. She was so obsessed with vampires. She wanted to turn up to her school. It upset me to say this, school prom as a vampire. Now, I didn't want to do this story, because what is a prom? I have no interest in Americans, how they dress up for their school proms. 
because they've infected our own schools here with this prom nonsense where people, you know, back in my day, we had the school disco. That yeah. was proper. You know, you'd have a local band, they get up, you'd bip, you'd bop around, you'd get up, you know, you'd have a fag behind the, the bike shed or whatever. Mike, honestly, I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was proper. But this nonsense of dressing up and putting, you know, I, I remember my own son, I lent, he, 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 he took my tuxedo, you know, a, tie, you know, a black tie. Event. This is not what kids should be doing. They should be having a disco, being themselves, having a good time. I, I, I think we should. I think we should nonsense. point out, Michael, that this this young woman in America didn't do this by halves, did she? Because she actually arrived at the prom in a coffin, laid out in a coffin, dressed as a vampire, and then she kind of rose from the grave as she arrived at the at the prom. Okay. You've got to say that that is an entrance. You know, you can't deny that. No, 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 I'm, 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 I'm total respect, but that's America. They got the money, the ideas, the intent, the role models, and all that nonsense. But we in Britain here, a good old disco, good old disco, fag round the bike shed, have a pint. You know, well, you can't, no, you can't be drinking on the school premises. But you know, it's all it's all done in the best possible way. You got you got the drinking, you bring the drinking in a in a in some sort of bag, and you have your. It's all good stuff. But these people, they're all far too grown up. Too much money spent on them, Phil. No, I'm sorry, too indulgence. You know, I'm sorry, this is wrong, wrong, wrong. And if you let me go a little bit further, in the same bag as trick-or-treat. This trick-or-treat nonsense in October. You'll be telling me that you only celebrate bonfire night, Michael. Bingo. Not, not, not penny for the guy, mister. Penny for the guy. Come on, Phil. I'm sorry. We don't want these American imports. You know, we've got our own traditions which go back centuries and which are much more much more much more meaningful for us today than turning up as a vampire with all the money and that you know, you'll need a few bob to go down the the, the school the, 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 um, the school coffin <laughs> the school disco and have a good time no sorry for that. I don't agree with this um this prom nonsense five in the eye well that's it for another week <laughs> We're putting a state to the heart of episode 0418. And we'll be back for 0419. Is that a prime number? We'll I think see. it is, actually. It could well be, Michael. I'll well double be. check it before next week. Yeah. Definitely. And ne- next week at the same time. For now, this is me, Michael Ojuru, saying if you have been, thanks for listening. And this is Phil Woodford reminding you to keep an eye on the news as you never know what we'll be discussing on next week's Five in the Eye. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?